the Power for Good podcast. I'm your host, Christina Ray Almeida, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, somatic healer, life coach, and really just a grateful part of this beautiful planet. I'm also a former alcoholic and addict, and I'm here to ask some really hard questions while diving deep and discovering how influential people are using their power for good or not. What happens when someone goes through an awakening? Can people really change? How and why? Let's explore. Hello loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast, a space where we connect with influential people who are using their power for good. Today, Liliana Quintero, founder of Wild Lily Organics, a conscious, organic, and sustainable personal care brand offering sacred beauty rituals through ancient, holistic alternatives to health and beauty is joining us. And I couldn't be more excited to share her magic with you. After 15 years of working in the beauty industry as a licensed esthetician, Liliana followed her heart into the world of healing, spirituality, holistic traditions, and sacred women traditions. She works one-on-one and has developed online and in-person workshops. Liliana's work is in helping women to nourish their wild, divine, feminine essence through self-love, self-discovery, and self-empowerment. Today, we cover facial reflexology, sacred beauty rituals, ancient women's traditions, and even oral care, offering you ways to integrate these practices into your life so you can find your own power. Let's dive in. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast. I'm so excited because today we have Liliana Quintero here with us today. Liliana and I just met recently, and I'm so excited because she has so much magic to offer, some of which I literally just experienced. Hi, Liliana. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored, truly, to be here with you and have this conversation. I feel that we were truly destined to meet so much synchronicities and just energy already. So yeah, grateful to have you here in the space to dive into this beautiful conversation today. Yes. Yeah. The minute, the minute I met you, it was like, we just went <laughs> and we did not. Yeah, we had like a very deep conversation, very quick. <laughs> so I want to start this interview with a question that I ask everyone on this podcast, which is how are you using your power for good? Oh, my power. I believe my power is being able to hold space. And the way that I'm using it for good is by holding the space that I do on my online platform, but also on my Red Tent monthly women's circle that I host in my local community every month in helping women just feel their best and their most authentic self and feel supported and held and finding also natural ways to age gracefully. Can you tell me more about the the Red Tent? I haven't been able to make it yet, but I'm so excited and heard so many good things. Tell us about the Red Tent events that you do. Yeah. So the Red Tents uh, really stemmed from a very like deep childhood or teenage wound of having to be motherless at 14 and fatherless since I was one. And it led me to feel the void of not having a community, not having the support of women, of wise women. And it just led me down paths that I wish I didn't go down if I would have had that support of a tribe. 
in my self-healing journey, self-love journey, self-discovery journey with holistic medicine, holistic beauty, especially facial sexology, it just led me down to a path of deep self-care. And it took me down the path of healing my womb because that's where my blockage was coming from. When I first started facial sexology at the moment, I was experiencing deep pain in my breasts. They were enlarged, they were painful, they were tender, they increased in size like tremendously. I went from a small C to a double D. And at the time my teachers like work on the femur productive system because the breasts were internally linked. And so I did. And she said, make sure you stick to the protocol for 21 days and don't miss a day. I tried it a couple of times and I would miss a day. And she's like, I'm not giving you the certificate until you complete the 21 day protocol. So I, she was very strict about that. And I'm glad that she was because after, I want to say two weeks, the pain went away. And within the 21 day protocol, my breasts went back to their normal size. And even I think a year ago, they got a little bit off balance, but nowhere near. And I just started doing the same protocol. And again, like it's amazing what it can do. And so that led me down to, okay, what other blockages am I having in my womb space? What other traumas, what other, like, what else can I work on? And, and you know, when you're doing the search and you're doing the healing work, it takes you down this path and you start to meet people and things come across your energetic field. And I came across this womb science immersion program. And then I did that. And then that led me down to, oh my God, there's like ancestral trauma that I didn't even know I existed in within me and in my womb and with my lineage, my women in my family and my sister and my mother. And then that led me to search deeper into that and like sister wound, mother wounds. And then, then I came across the red tent. And um, I was just talking about, you know, the ancient tradition of women coming together during their menstrual cycle and retreating from society, retreating from their duties and just resting, retreating, not doing, not cooking, not working, just being in sisterhood. And I didn't know what sisterhood was when I came across this red tent concept. I didn't understand it, but I just knew I was like, something is calling me to it. And again, just from doing all the womb healing and whatnot and connecting with my cycles. And I'm like, okay, wow. Like I never was taught this information. I was never taught that I need to rest during my cycle, that I need to eat certain foods during my cycle. So the red sand is really um, a space for women to learn about how to take care of themselves as women, which unfortunately in today's societies, we don't have a lot of, now we do, now it's growing. But I want to say when I was 14, there was, that wasn't really available let's just say resources or spaces where women were taught about their cycles and how it affects them emotionally, psychologically, how it's important for women to feel like they can have, they have a group of women, sisters, they can be just authentic and real and not put on the social mask. So when I just came across that, I, I was like, I have to do this for, for myself, for my younger self, but also for any other woman that might be in the same shoes of not feeling like they have thrive, they have a supportive woman's group and yeah. So it's, it's been fascinating. I love that. It's so beautiful that you put together the, the red tents and, you know, recognize the importance of sisterhood. And I think our society really is really not built to, to bring women together, you know, and we continue to have daily lives and, and work and, and school to tear each other down. I had an experience growing up where I was really bullied by women and older girls. And I made a commitment even in high school, when I became the older girl, that I was going to be really nice to the younger girls. And so I used to have these little girls that would follow me around. They started calling them my minions because I was like, I'm protecting them. I didn't realize it then, but that was like the beginning. You know, that was the beginning of my mission of like helping women heal. And recently though, this past year when I did the women's retreat, I think I truly understood sisterhood. That I felt it, the importance of sisterhood and what it really means. 
what do you think? Why is sisterhood important? Why is it important to, to come together as women? For me, you're, you can't do this work alone. If you think that being an independent woman, you know, I believed in that concept at one point. I was very proud of being independent, single woman, mother. It's actually very heavy to carry that shield, that persona. And when you can actually be authentic and real and say, I need help, sister, being vulnerable, I think that is true strength. And having that support of other women makes you a stronger person knowing that you have somebody that will not judge you, will not, you know, look down on you, will not gossip, will not try to, you know, she will not enjoy you and being in suffering. She will actually either support having that. I think it's it's very important for any woman to have that. I've seen it in the red tents of women that have not had that support, who have not had the space to be 100% authentic and raw and real. It's just so damaging really for women to not have that kind of space and have that kind of support of other women and like-minded women, right? Because you can go to a support or have women. Like I had women in my family who weren't really the best influence and um, everything happens for a reason. So I'm not going to say that um, I wish it was different, but if I can create those spaces where women can come together to feel supported and guided with other like-minded women who are doing the work, who are open to doing the work, then, you know, why, why not? So also the concept of the Red Ten is, you know, in, in ancient times, they also called it moon lodges in indigenous cultures. The one number one way to destroy a village would be to destroy the Red Tents. They wouldn't attack the men or the soldiers. They would attack the women, the Red Tents. So that says a lot. It says how mm-hmm. powerful women truly are when they come yes. together and have a shared common value and support each other because we are the seers, we are the oracles, we are the healers, we are the medicine women, we are the herbalists, the shamans, the doulas. So I think that it's just another way of, yeah, trying to suppress the feminine as part of the patriarchy, as part of just the imbalance that we're trying to create balance, right? Where we see each other as an ally, like we need each other. Like you have something that I don't and and I have something that you don't and let's work together. How can we support each other? Yeah, exactly. And I love that the red tent is built around really celebrating the menstrual cycle as well. In our world, and our culture, I feel like we've grown up hating the period, right? We do everything we can to avoid it, not talk about it. It's so shameful. So how can we start to, to actually use our, our menstrual cycle as something powerful for us, you know, and embrace it? How has that journey gone for you? Oh my God, come to the red tent. <laughs> <laughs> Because we talk a lot about this. And this is one of the things that fascinated me the most about the Red Tents when I started studying it to become a facilitator. It was it was big on demonstration and learning about the powers and learning about the importance and how to take care of ourselves during the cycles and how it affects us. You know, what I learned and what's been helpful for me is that those times are meant for a woman to rest and for her to not be cooking and active and doing strenuous workouts. And you're also the most sensitive, naturally. You're the most triggered. You're also the most intuitive and psychic. So it's really a time of sacred moment to just connect with other like-minded women who then become mirrors and things will just start to open up. It's like you're opening a portal of just divine wisdom that exists within you, which it's inside of us women. And there's just so much knowledge in, in there. In that moment, when you're literally like going through a death and rebirth every month, you're going through a ceremony. And so how would you treat, let's say, a bleeding animal? You know, what would you do? Mm-hmm. 
you would take care of it, you would rest, you would, you know, give it love. And so there's a lot of self-care practices and baths and just like, you know, massaging and, you know, face masks. So we do different activities in the red tent. So we'll do things from like painting. We painted our vulvas one red tent and we do mandalas or we'll do lanterns. And it just depending on the season and energetic field of the new moon, we'll do different activities based on that. Just to understand like how we are affected through the new moon and how we can use that energy to to move forward, right? Yeah, I think it is really a time of wisdom. It's something I've realized recently too. I've been on my journey. I recently got off birth control and I've just been really connecting to my cycle and letting it guide me. And I realized a lot of the time that people, you know, they call us bitchy or out of control, emotional during the period. It's actually really not. If you let it guide you, there's clarity in that. And if something I've realized with my husband is a lot of times things that I've been holding in that I don't say to him that are making me mad or things with, you know, going on within our relationship during my period, I say everything. I say it all. It comes out. And then we have so much more peace afterwards. And we're actually, it's really good for our relationship. You know, some people might look at that and be like, oh, she's, you know, she's going off, she's going emotional. But he's, we've realized that actually it's something really beneficial. Yeah, it's it's really beneficial. It's even more beneficial when you go to a space where women, multiple women, not just one woman, is holding that space for you, right? Because it, it creates a container. So all the women are there holding you and you feel very held. You feel as if like you can, you can just let it all out. <laughs> I swear women, I want, I vomit and women vomit all the time in there. And I mean, vomit energetically. It's just things yeah. that have build up and bottled up inside your womb that causes a blockage that causes a clogging a stagnation inside of you right so until you don't express those emotions or those moments of vulnerability or just like hey this is what happened this is how i fucked up and i did this and just being real just like not putting on that social mask it's needed for women to do this on a monthly basis but also in in a conscious way we're not going there and just saying okay this is what i did and oh well no it's like okay you did this but what have you learned from that what wisdom have you extracted from that mistake from that you know that failure right one thing that it's beautiful is that everybody becomes a mirror for you every single person will start to speak and you you'll see how we're all connected and then you see that oh i'm not crazy i'm not alone Because we can feel very alone in those moments for us women when we feel all these emotions because we're so intuitive, we're so sensitive during that new moon or during our menstrual cycle that we feel sometimes crazy. Why am I so depressed or why am I so have so much anxiety or why do I feel this or why do I feel that? And when you come to a circle and women are all sharing and they're all like spilling their guts, you're like, oh, got it. I'm not alone. There's no shame in the tears. There's no no shame in these feelings. Yeah. It's like we're not perfect all the time and we're not meant to be. So that's what's the beauty of it. It's the not holding anything inside and just feeling like, okay, I can just pour my heart out right now and I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be criticized and women are going to hold me. And so we're also taught how to hold space because that's another thing that we weren't taught. We weren't taught how to hold space for one another and how to hear each other out. So one thing that we do is like every woman gets a chance to speak and nobody else is allowed to speak. She's speaking. Once she's complete, if you want to say something to her, you have to ask, may I say something? I love that. Truly listening. So beautiful. I can't wait to come to the next Red Tent. My first. (laughs) I'm so excited. We'll love you. All the women there. Many of us live life disconnected from our bodies, feeling out of control and reactive. We lose control of our emotions, scream at our children, the dog, our partners, 
This affects our lives negatively. It hurts our relationships and ultimately it hurts us. Breathwork has been one of the most powerful rituals that I've developed in building a better relationship with myself, my body, and my emotions. Through breathwork, I'm able to move from a reactive state to a proactive state, and this has positively changed my life, my relationships, my health, my career, and ultimately led me on a healing journey. So that's why I'm so excited to announce the launch of my new platform, Ray Rituals, a membership community that offers on-demand breathwork practices that you can integrate into your everyday life to energize, balance, and relax your mind and body while supporting you in healing. Through Ray Rituals, you can build a breathwork practice where you instinctually start to come back to your body and are able to process your emotions and release them. It's an unlearning of what the world has taught you to push your feelings down, to distract yourself and keep going, but instead to pause, to breathe, feel, and move. It's simple, it's quick, and it's effective. Join me and sign up for Ray Rituals now at rayrituals.com. It's time to take your power back, one breath at a time. So I want to talk a little bit about how you got into this work. How did you transition from your 15 years of being in the beauty industry to healing world of, of sacred women? We've talked a little bit about it, you know, started off very young. I came to Colombia from Colombia when I was eight. My mother was a single mother and, you know, I grew up with her and she was very into self-care, very into Colombian women are very into that physical appearance and always appearing like poised and perfect. And, you know, we're very polite and we're very like always have to pretend and show to everyone that we're all put together. But indoors, inside, the home is a wreck. Families are broken, but nobody says anything. It really started from a very young age. So I got into the modeling industry then when I was 14. That was an experience. That was a journey which created a lot of eating disorders, bulimia, negative self-image, negative self-talk, self-hatred. The image I had of myself, I did not see myself as beautiful, even though everybody was like, you're so beautiful, but I did not feel it. I got into the skincare beauty world because I was experiencing acne. Nobody in my family has acne. And so I was like, kind of like the black sheep, you know, or they would look at me like, well, why does she have the acne? My sister has perfect skin. My mother has perfect skin. And so I got into this field because I wanted to help myself, but also other women. And also in modeling school, I discovered because I always felt very ugly. And with the modeling school, what I learned is how to enhance my natural beauty, like certain skin tone, like depending on your skin tone, certain colors are going to look good on you and complement your skin tone. Um, your eyebrows, depending on your face shape, it's going to complement your face shape. The shadow place and where to place the eyeshadows, like they taught you a lot of etiquette and just how to just enhance your natural specific features. So having that experience, I was like, how many other women feel the same? How many other women just don't know how to style their hair, how to shape their eyebrows and what colors look good on them? It really helped me with my self-esteem a lot. But internally, they were still like, I was avoiding it. Like I didn't feel very confident and beautiful. I went to esthetician school and I was really deep into it. I did it for 15 years and I tried it all. I tried the peels. I tried Accutane. I tried everything to get rid of this acne and nothing was working. And then I started seeing a traditional Chinese doctor for acupuncture. I was immediately relieved with just like the tension and the stress and the anxiety. And I was like, wow, like this is really interesting. So it just really, I started like going down the holistic route of healing. And then my daughter got asthma. 
and was diagnosed at two with premature asthma. They called it reactive airway disease. And they told me this is like the pre, you know, signs of asthma. And most likely she will have to be on an inhaler. And so I went on this huge, deep search of like natural holistic remedies for asthma. And I did herbs and essential oils and she doesn't use any inhaler. It was a confirmation like this stuff works and there's other alternatives. Yeah. I had a muscle spasm that I couldn't walk for two weeks. They gave me narcotics. I was like, out for two weeks. I went to see an acupuncturist. They did cupping, gua sha, and, and acupuncture. And I was walking again, like within a few days, a few sessions. So it's just like, I, I really was always about like the holistic way of healing my body and mm-hmm. my daughters. So when I came across facial gua sha and facial sexology, I was already like in the industry. I was already very like a, a believer of holistic medicine. So, and I was going still through my acne battles, like on and off. So I was like, if this did this to my body, right, what can it do for my face? There's no brainer. Like, of course it's going to work. I went down that route and then that led me to just go deep into my body. Like facial flexology really and facial washer both took me deeper into my body, like finding the internal imbalance and healing that. That's more important. The skin is just a reflection of what's happening internally. It's a map. And so it really made me realize like, okay, if I'm breaking out here, this is connected to the colon and then this and that. And then this element is connected to that. And this element means that and manifests like this. And I was just like, whoa. What's going on? You know, mm-hmm. I was able to really take care of my body, like for the first time, not just put a band aid, not just put, you know, try to slap on a cream. And those are things that can be helpful um, if you're dealing with acne, right? Like certain creams or whatnot, but it's not going to really tr- do the internal healing, the true healing. So for anyone listening to this who doesn't really know what facial reflexology is, can you tell us what it is? So it's an ancient Vietnamese and traditional Chinese medicine-based practice where it works via the nervous system and you use a tool or a detector made of stainless steel, the one that I have on my website, but you don't need this. You can use anything with a rounded blunt tip. You can use the tip of a brush, tip of, tip of crochet hook, even your knuckle to stimulate the nerves endings on the face, then that promote homeostasis and balance on the body. So it works by relaxing the nervous system and getting into that parasympathetic state so the body can truly rest, heal, and digest. That's ultimately what reflexology tries to do and its aim to do. It also gives you a roadmap as to like where the imbalance is coming from. So what are your what is your favorite tool? I know you say you don't need tools, but you sell a bunch of magical tools. Which one is your favorite? I, I mean, definitely the magic wand, it will always be my favorite just because of all the amazing benefits that it offers. It's, it's like a 501 tool because it helps with calming the nervous system. It can help with the headaches. It can help with menstrual cramps. It can help with PCOS. It can help with infertility. It can help with tension headaches. It can help with TMJ. I've had people who got off Botox and did this instead for their TMJ. I've had people who don't take over-the-counter medications for menstrual cramps. They used to have to take menstrual you know, medications. They don't need medications anymore with this, just using this practice. So it has multiple use. So it's very similar to acupuncture, the same kind of concept. It's just freeing the energetic pathways, promoting balance, and removing any blockages physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually that are prohibiting everything to work and homeostasis. So yeah, that's why I would choose this, but it, it's just different. For facial flexology, a lot of people I see, like they work really hard at trying to remove tension with this tool and this not really working with the muscle. It's working more with the nervous system. So to release tension, like deep seated tension, I would go more for like, let's say the Kanza, the mushroom Kanza ones or the dark green nephrite jade, gua sha stone, or any other gua sha stone I would work on for like deeper muscle tension release. 
Yeah, and I've seen people using the magic wand. Like they take it. And I've seen, obviously, you take it with you everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> you can use it on the plane while you're driving. Yes, yeah. everywhere. I'm like, I'm, I have a headache, magic wand. I have, you know, some <laughs> anger like coming up and I need to calm and let it go and release that emotion of anger a little bit. Just calm it down. I'll work on the anger points. If I have stomach issues, when if I'm traveling, this is, I just have to take it with me. I had stomach poison in Colombia and I was in excruciating pain. I was, it was bad, really bad. I think that's where my parasite infection began. I did the points to help with my stomach. I was able to walk at least. <laughs> I was able to just walk and not feel because I was feeling very weak. Like I was like, I was out of breath. I couldn't walk. Well, I love it because I feel like the tool and, and the practice, it really empowers you. And what I hate so much about Western medicine, you know, prescriptions and pharmaceuticals is that it takes your power away. You know, it makes you dependent as which was my case, which I've shared with you. And if you're listening to this podcast or have listened before, you know much of my experience and how I became very dependent on pharmaceuticals. And I feel like our culture here in America is set up to make us dependent. It doesn't really empower us to take care of ourselves. It's numbing the pain. And you mentioned it before, putting a Band-Aid on our wounds. And so I love your practice because it's really allowing you to get to those roots, allowing you to have something where you can take care of yourself. Yeah. And it's beautiful that you said that because that's exactly what facial reflexology is about. It's about giving the power to the people and that someone or anyone doesn't have to be so dependent on preventative medicine. I mean, emergencies, 100%. I'm grateful for Western medicine. I'm grateful for even Eastern medicine, just medicine all around the world that is there for those emergency cases. But for a headache, you know, for menstrual cramps, for indigestion, for just like little things, there's no need to take an over-counter medication that can cause actually more side effects and other problems, like for your case. And when we do take those medicines, we're not always getting to the to the root, you know, and like it is a band-aid sometimes. The body is always giving us signals. And so like I got medication for anxiety and all along, I, I didn't realize that my body was actually trying to tell me something. So when you just suppress the medications with pills, sometimes you're not actually listening. The body is so intelligent. And so it's constantly trying to give us signals. So I can go off on the whole thing there. Absolutely. You're spot on about the signals. It it does give you signals through either the face with facial reflexology, with face maps through our body, you know, our senses, you know, our cell, our, our sense of smell, our sense of taste, or our hearing, everything. We're we are giving these senses for a reason. And it's really to pay attention to how our body is speaking to us, when it's communicating with us. And with facial reflexology, it's one of the things that you really are invited to sit with yourself and feel and go to the root cause, go to the pain, go to the discomfort, go to the place where you're having the imbalance and sit with it. And a lot of times we're always looking for like the quick pill, give it to me now fast. I don't want to feel it. And this is the opposite. You have to actually feel it. For listeners who are interested in this journey, or what would you recommend as a first step? There's, the, there's different routes. And that's why I offer a lot of what I offer. There's the online membership where I offer a lot of all of my workshops, all of the pre-recordings that I've had of workshops that are helpful for specific needs, like for digestion, for respiratory, for the pelvic floor, for feminine flow, and just different workshops on with facial flexology. And, and then I also offer one-on-one virtually, which is something that I recommend if you're someone who has more of a sensitive condition or chronic condition, or just something that requires more attention, more care. Like if it's just like you want to 
learn how to use facial reflexology for even for your children. There's a child pillow workshop for like reducing pain, reducing fever, um, helping with them with sleep. That's a great workshop. So it just depends on, you know, where, where journey are you at right now? Are you needing that one-on-one space where you need somebody to talk to, to really get to the root cause and trying to find like where the imbalance is coming from, right? Because sometimes someone doesn't have a roadmap and they don't know where to go. They just need somebody to guide them. Then I would recommend the one-on-ones. If you're someone who knows exactly where it's coming from, I need to work on my digestive system. I know where the root cause is coming from. And I want, I want more support with that with facial flexology. Then you can do the digestive flow workshop, for example, which is also available individually on my website. Some of the workshops, not all of them. Some of them are exclusive for members. But then even just, I would recommend like sitting yourself with this tool and really doing, being intentional with it. Don't rush. Don't try to find the answers. Just trust your body, knowing that it has the capacity and the ability to heal itself, right? So just sitting with yourself and just maybe intuitively breathing in and just, you know, feeling and noticing where you notice these little slight changes in your skin around your face. And when you find those tender points, you want to stay there a little bit longer. So it's kind of similar to foot reflexology. If anybody's done foot reflexology or hand reflexology, you want to find the areas that feel tender, the pain points. And when you find those pain points, you want to, you press, then you stay there and you release that tension, energetic blockage. Like right now, I just found a pain point here in my hand. So it's the same thing. It's looking for those areas that feel different, maybe tender, maybe a little bit painful, shouldn't be that painful. And then sitting with it and breathing and making it like a meditation practice, right? A presence practice, stillness practice. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And I know you mentioned too, if you don't have the tool to start, you can use your finger, right? Yep. Your finger, the tip of a makeup brush, anything. I've seen you sharing a little bit about oral care. Why is oral care important? How is that tied into all of this? What are some practices or tools? Yeah. So my oral care journey began very long time ago when I had a cyst in my mouth from a root canal infection that was not detectable through x-rays. And I was in excruciating pain. Like the pain ran from where I had the root canal and all the way to my brain. I mean, I was in pain and I went to the emergency. They gave me narcotics, of course. And I went to get it. I went to the dentist. They're like, you know, we won't be able to tell what's happening until we go in and see what's happening. Thankfully, I went the time that I went because they found a large cyst like in the roof of my palate, but deep and pretty close to my brain. He said, if I would have waited longer, it could have, the infection could have spread to my brain and I could have died. They had to remove a large chunk of tissue to remove this cyst. And so that just led me down to the journey of like, you know, root canals and how did this happen and how is this even like possible, right? So with traditional Chinese medicine, it's like everything is connected. That's what I love about it. It's that they find the connection to everything, like nerve endings on your face, points in your face correlate to certain organs and the same with your teeth and mouth. So even your tongue, a lot of Chinese um, doctors, they will read your tongue and see like where the imbalance is coming from, just from your tongue. The health of your tongue says a lot. And so the same with your teeth. The teeth are connected. The nerve endings are connected to certain body parts, certain organs through the brain, through the central nervous system. So, you know, using fluoride or using some toxic chemicals that are available in 
just conventional, you know, oral care products um, like alcohols and fragrances and parabens and whatnot, that can cause an imbalance in your microbiome, your oral microbiome, which then is also attached to your gut. Everything is connected. Like your gut is also impacted through your nervous system or connected through your nervous system, through your oral, through your teeth. So by using more holistic, more natural products that actually are help can help improve the microbiome of your mouth. It's going to help with your gut healing and also your skin healing because it's, again, everything's connected. And so when I began that journey of just using holistic, natural tooth, you know, teeth um, products or oral care products, I, I really started seeing a shift in my like breath. I started seeing a shift in the plaque buildup. I started seeing a shift in, I'm, I'm on a deep gut healing journey also right now, like really deep gut healing journey. Like I shared with you, everything that I'm finding out and all the research that I'm doing, I'm just noticing how much everything impacts the other. So I'm just cleansing and I am just nourishing myself from the inside and making sure that I am giving my body what it needs to flourish and, and not cause even more imbalance that than there already is. Right. So yeah, so that's, that's why I'm on this oral holistic care journey and sharing that because I'm like, how many other people are probably going through the same thing? So true. And everything is really connected. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so happy that you were able to check that out before it became something bigger. So there's been, you know, studies of root canals and how it affects your mood, how it affects your cognitive ability, how it affects your everything, hormones, like, because depending on the tooth that it's on, it's going to affect that organ. So it's really in holistic dental. I'm not, I'm not a dentist, so please don't quote me or, (laughs) or come after me, but I know that there's certain complications that happens when you have a root canal, because especially if you have mercury in the filling, like a metal filling, that's even more dangerous. Have you heard that the that cysts can be tied to anger? Wow, I did not hear that. No, I've read that before because my husband had a big cyst, and so we made that connection before. I I didn't know if that's something that you explored. How different things show up, you know, in our body for different trapped emotions, but trapped emotions possibly, you know, from yeah. childhood things and not being able to express the emotion. Also, I think it's a huge one, especially for women. We're not we're, we were told. You know, you can't show anger. You can't look unpleasant, yeah. and that's bad. And you're being—they'll call you a bitch if you're—you show any signs of anger, right? On that note, I want to ask: How do you? What does it truly mean to be a wild woman? <laughs> oh wow, sounds good. Um, for me, to be a wild woman is a woman that is in tune with nature, in tune with her cycles, and not afraid to get dirty not afraid to get messy and, you know, feel the earth and dance and express her sensuality, express her femininity, express her wildness in a safe container. Yeah. Just willing to take the risk, willing to, to just be in her most authentic self, like just being her body, like feeling her body and not caring what, how she's going to impact others if they're going to feel uncomfortable if she expresses that side of herself because she knows actually it's going to be a service to humanity. And how does someone connect to that? How did you? Uh, I want to say it's not just one thing and it's a daily practice. It's not like, you know, you go in one day and I'm you're going to connect with that wild woman. But I would say dance was a really gateway, real beautiful gateway for me, just Mm -hmm. dancing and being sensual and feeling because that's going to get you into the body. So feeling the body and just feeling and releasing and not being constricted and rigid and feeling the body and relaxing the body. And so dance has been very helpful for me to express that side of myself. 
And then also just doing things that are uncomfortable. I mean, like, for example, I went surfing in Mexico and I would never have done that in the past. But once I started to connect with that wild woman within me, I was like, I need to do that because I know that she craves that. There was something that I would look at people surfing like, that looks so cool, you know? <laughs> there is and, some resistance though, you know, sometimes to to doing those things, right? We have those, those sides of ourselves. No, you know, how do we push past that? Just doing it. <laughs> Just do it. Push past the discomfort and into the power. It. It's, it's a practice. It's not like I got there overnight. You know, I, I, it took me a couple of years of practicing, stepping into areas and spaces that I would normally feel very uncomfortable with. Even like social media, I was in the beginning, I was very uncomfortable with speaking to the camera. Actually, I was terrified of speaking to the camera. I remember I worked at the spa and she's like, you have to do, you know, Instagram posts and talk. I'm like, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I swear she was like, you have to. I'm like, nope, not happening. But um, I said, this is for me. I'm doing this because it's a practice, something that I know I'm uncomfortable with. So I'm just going to step into it, even though it's uncomfortable, even though I'm going to mess up. And you, I think that's another one. It's like, you have to be okay with fucking up, not look for perfection, not look to be perfect and, and have everything perfect because that's an illusion. There's no such thing as perfection. And just, yeah, being willing to get dirty, being willing to fall, being willing to get slammed by that wave and, you know, look like a fool. That was also another journey I went through of public speaking. And, you know, it, it was in, a, in an audience. We had to perform. We were preparing. You know, we, it wasn't like we were thrown to the wolves, but still, like the thought of me having to perform an improv scene in a public stage and people watching me. And I was like terrified of that. But I'm like, I'm stepping into that uncomfortability. I mean, even if I fuck up, like, so what? Yeah. Like you said, it's a journey. It's been thing after thing, you know, and slowly you're getting slowly, closer yeah. to your wild woman self. It's opening up to your truth, really. Yeah, like little, little bite sizes. You don't have to, you know, run a marathon in one day. You can start by walking every day, 15 minutes. It's the same with this. It's like every day, maybe take a salsa class, you know, if it's something that you're uncomfortable with dancing or just being around others and moving your body, like take something smaller, take an art class, take something that's going to get you out and be social with others and little things like that. I used to be so scared of public speaking and presentations and things in school. And then the first thing I did, I took a yoga teacher training when I lived in California. And I remember I was so scared to teach my first class and I looked like such a fool, (laughs) but I just did it, you know, and that was the beginning. And then since then, I feel the first time I started my YouTube channel as well. I remember I was so red because I turn red all the time. Uh, just I can't hide it. My face turns red. And so I remember looking back at that video and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So scared as well to be in front of the camera and just push through it, you know, just did it. Yeah. And it it took you like, you know, taking that yoga class and or certification and doing it in bite sizes. And again, continuing to not stopping. It's another one. It's like, keep showing up, keep showing up. Like, and that's something that I had to come to conclusion or just be honest with myself of why wasn't I showing up? What was I afraid of? And I was like, I'm I'm afraid of people not accepting me. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of not being liked. I'm afraid of being abandoned because I had deep abandonment wounds. So that's why I was afraid of showing up, you know? And sometimes that can be like, again, it could be selfish in a way. I heard this once about people being shy because I always, I owned being shy. I'm like, I'm a shy person. I'm very proud of it. I do not speak. I am... Mm. <laughs> And somebody once said, it's a very selfish thing to do because people need to hear what you have to say. And you're keeping that to yourself. And I was like, oh, 
oh my god you called me out it just like made a you know those things that you hear that just make us yeah. little trigger and glitch in the system in the program and so that let me unconsciously i wasn't aware of it but just to why am i this way why am i not speaking why am i not speaking up and i made it a commitment to myself of showing up because i do have something important to say i have gone through many challenges and hardships that have taught me a lot and i have gained a lot of wisdom from that and it's a responsibility to help somebody if you can right well take it from us if you're listening to this yeah speak up share your story you never know who you're going to impact you know i think when you share your story when you speak up and you share it creates space and like you said before to make people others feel less alone what it's all about i think you know community supporting each other connecting yeah i mean you can't connect and that's also like a wall that i build like i do not connect you know that intimacy aspect was unfamiliar for me it was like foreign territory and so i build these walls right of shyness of whatever to not connect to be here like i don't i'm only gonna allow you to get so close and it was actually hurting me. It was actually not in service to my development as a human, as a mother, as a sister, as a daughter. It was hindering my growth. There's a book that really helped me. It was called um, Broken Open. I was going through a very deep heartbreak and I was in the library. I always went to the library when I was heartbroken, but I came across this book and books always have spoken to me in a weird way. Like I go there and I go to a section and there's always a book that stands out that does not belong in that section. And those books have been really life-changing for me. And I feel like it's like an angel who placed it there. I'm going to go and read about this, but let me put this book in there. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was about, you know, how painful it is to be constricting, to constrict yourself, to not speak up and to not blossom. And like, it's like, there's a poem by the author. It's something about, sometimes it's more painful to stay tight as a butt than to actually open up and blossom. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not blossoming. I was like this. I was like, nope, I don't want to grow. I don't want to challenge myself. I don't want to stretch, you know? And growth requires like, stretch and expansion and, you know, breathing and letting somebody get close to you and tasting. And I was not doing any of that. I was just, nope, I don't want to feel, I don't want to touch. Yeah. And it's lonely. Mm-hmm. Very lonely. Well, I'm so happy that you've blossomed. Which actually, it's me to my last question. Have you experienced a spiritual awakening, which I know you have probably many, mm-hmm. maybe one that you would like to share with us? Yeah. So spiritual awakening, there has like you said, there's multiple awakenings because it's like you're in this program and all of a sudden you get a glitch and you have a little mini awakening and then mm-hmm. another glitch and then another mini awakening. And it's just that reprogramming those states are multiple, not just one big one. But if I can share one that was, I think, really, really impactful was when I left a abusive relationship that was more mentally and psychological than physical, but it led me down to like feeling the worst pain that I ever felt. Like it brought me to my knees and it brought me to, for the first time, like looking at myself in the mirror, instead of pointing the finger at whoever was causing me the pain, I turned the finger and I went like this. That was the first time that I looked at my flaws, my shortcomings, my unconscious behaviors. And I was like, oh my God, like I contributed to this. And how did I, you know, how did I not see this? And for me, it wasn't a pleasant awakening experience. It wasn't a pretty like, oh, you know, I'm awakened. I'm so like 
spiritual now. No, it was more like, oh, you are very selfish and self-centered. And, (laughs) you know, it's just like hard truths, things that you learn growing up from, you know, defense mechanisms that you pick up on and you just, you learn through being in a state of fight or flight from. So from being in that state of fight or flight for so long, I build this wall, I build this protection mechanism where I was always in defense. I was always like, who's out to get me, you know? So that that moment I was for the first time just like, oh, it's I'm, I'm the person who, need, who I need to look out for. <laughs> that led me down to just going deep. And, you know, when you're in those moments, I think it's where universe, God, however you resonate with that source, that universal force is when they, he or she or they, they speak to you. It's where they really enter because you don't have any other gateway. You don't know the answers. You don't have the tools and you're very humbled and you realize like, oh, there's something much higher and more powerful than me. And I need to seek out for help. And so I started seeking out for help. Like you said, spiritual awakening, is it's not always magical angels flying around. <laughs> it's like a death, painful, a rebirth sometimes. And sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes they're, you know, I've had moments of where I'm like, oh my God, love. I just feel love. And that's all I feel. And I love everybody. And everybody is God and (laughs) and everyone. And I just love everyone. And there's moments where it's like, I don't see God at all. I just died. Yeah. The new me is being born and it's a painful rebirth. Thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast, for sharing your magic tools, practices. Before this podcast today, Lily and I did a little bit of a mini session, facial reflexology, and we went deep again so quickly. She had me in tears. It was amazing. (laughs) You get the opportunity to work with Liliana. Definitely, uh, you're lucky. Just grateful for our time together. How can people connect with you, work with you, find you? Thank you for um, just allowing me to enter into your world and you sharing your world with me because I always find it really empowering to learn from others as well, like their journey. And it's interesting because it's always connected to somehow, like I'm connected to you somehow, you know, in that journey. Mm -hmm. So as much as you're healing, like I'm healing as well. Yeah. So the way that you can connect with me is, you know, I have everything on my Instagram and socials, like the links and everything, Wallily Organics and my website, wallilyorganics.com. And yeah, I offer one-on-ones virtually. I offer holistic, natural alternatives to beauty, to Botox with gua sha, facial gua sha, facial cupping, facial reflexology, and all the good stuff. And a membership as well, where if you want to like really dive deeper into these practices and be consistent with it. And you know, it's month to month, so you can cancel anytime, but you could try free for three days and see how you feel within the space. And I do monthly red tents, online red tents there. I do monthly new workshops. I invite guests speakers, which you're going to be on there as well soon. It's a great space just to learn about holistic ways to take care of yourself as a woman. Definitely connect on all the spaces, Liana, her tools. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks everyone for tuning in and having fun today with us. Sending so much love. Thank you. I'm Christina Ray, and you've been listening to the Power for Good podcast. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another powerful conversation. Share a story of how you are using your power for good by sending me a DM on my Instagram at Christina Ray Almeida. I'll be sharing your stories at the end of every episode weekly. If you're interested in learning more on how we can work together, head to my website, IamChristinaRay.com, and let's connect. Sending you so much love. And remember... You are powerful.